Come on, chapel. Good morning, good morning, good morning. You look amazing, you sound amazing. It's a great day to be here. You guys can be seated. I wanna say hello to the men and women at Chesterfield County Jail and everyone over at Scott's Edition. Hope you guys are having a great day. Pastor Nate down there. Man, we, uh, this has been a week at our church. And if you did not know, we have been taking ground. This past Wednesday, we baptized, we had the opportunity to baptize somewhere in the range of 30 to 40 men and women at the jail. Crazy. Crazy. And it got rescheduled because of rain from like a week or two ago, and then there was threat of rain, and Satan doesn't want us to baptize anybody, and we said, we're still going. We're going to do this thing, and the rain's not going to get in the way anymore. The sheriff was like, we're in, we're doing it. So it was super cool. And then... Oh my gosh, the past few days we had motion conference. If you were a part of motion conference in any way, serving in any team, being an attendee, anything, shoot your hands up. Let me see. Wow, that's so good. Can we give it up for all the volunteers, all the leaders who made it happen? There is nothing like motion conference, I will tell you that. I, I am blown away at God's faithfulness uh, to our students, to our church. This is a place that believes in the next generation of students and young adults. I saw students with the tough, like, you know, the tough kids who are just like, nothing's gonna get to me. Like, I've got a hard shell. Man, they became Play-Doh. Like, Play-Doh. Like, it doesn't even matter. God broke down walls and barriers and things that they put in the way. And I saw students just giving their lives to Christ. I saw students bonding with other students. I saw communities being formed. I saw friendships being restarted or started. I saw students be like, I'm here looking for a friend. Leaving in groups. Like, for, like coming in as a loner. Leaving in the biggest group or like the huge photo booth we had, they just made friends in small groups. I saw, I've gotten texts and emails from parents being like, what did you, what happened here? Like, what is going on? I'm brought home a different kid that I dropped off. That's amazing. And a year ago, we started dreaming about this. We started to think like, what could be? And we didn't know what we didn't know. There's so much to put on a conference because you can really try and it turns out like a carnival. But this was a conference, like guest speakers, four, get this, 490 people were here. It's insane. It's just insane. And none of it, absolutely 0% of it would have happened without Pastor Katie and Brandon over here, leading the charge, setting the tone, believing in this church and all these students. Can we thank our leaders over here for believing in our students? And setting the tone and saying, hey, students, young adults, you're welcome here. You're safe here. We believe in you. We're, we're in your corner, and we're going to do whatever we can. We're not going to stop at anything to make sure you hear the gospel truth of Jesus. So thank you as a church for being a part of that as well. Um, it's an honor to be here today um, after just a rally of a few days. Um, as you may or may not know, my wife and I just had a daughter, and uh, she's, she's super great. She's the coolest, and she's a planet shaker, world changer already. Um, I am learning a lot, and it has been super duper fun. Uh, and I know some of you have not met her yet. Would you like to meet her? This is Celia. Oh, she's the best, right? Yeah, so uh, she's a month old already, which is insane to me. Um, we got to celebrate her one month 
birthday, I guess, um, of being on this rock uh, this past Friday um, while at Motion Conference. It was so, so, so cool. And uh, she doesn't have any siblings yet. She's our first. Uh, thankfully, no siblings at this time. Um, but I'm one of seven. Uh, my wife is the oldest of four. So we come from large families. And uh, today's message is all about siblings. So I want to just talk to you and see just in the room uh, who here is, has brothers or sisters? Anyone? Just like raise your hand. Okay. Wow, so a lot of you. So you'll also, you'll all just relate and understand to what I'm talking about. Now, how many of you are only childs? Oh yeah, every service has like six of you. You are the lucky ones. You are the lucky ones. You guys don't have to share your brownies with anyone. You get to eat the whole pan, the edge pieces, and the middle pieces. You don't have to tattletale on anyone or be tattletailed on. Like you're always mom and dad's favorite. You never have to guess. It's just, you guys are so set and secure in who you are in the family, number one spot all the time. Today, we're talking about two sisters, two heroes of the faith, two friends of Jesus, two sisters that are very different. And that's normal. Most siblings are different from each other. We all have differences among our siblings. That's why we have sibling rivalries. We're all vying for number one spot, figuring out our place on the totem pole in the family. Um, we're looking today at Mary and Martha. Uh, and we're gonna spend some time in Luke chapter 10. But before we get there, before we do anything, I wanna just invite the Holy Spirit to join us today. I know he's already here. Um, it's very evident. But uh, I just want him to do just a work here this morning. So why don't we pray? So Jesus, um, we, we pray and we invite your Holy Spirit to join us today, God. Uh, we ask that, just like it happened at Motion Conference, would you tear down any walls today? God, would you remove barriers, blockades, obstacles in the way from us hearing your word and hearing your truth, Lord? God, we ask that you would do a mighty work. God, that this week, the, the crazy week that it's been with going to the jail and baptizing people and seeing students come to faith and having motion conference and having fireworks at the chapel this Wednesday. So many amazing things are happening in the life of our church, but all of it is useless without you. So we invite your Holy Spirit to be here and equip us and teach us. It's in your name I pray, amen. All right, we're gonna get rolling. We're in Luke chapter 10. It says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Two sisters, Mary, Martha. And you may be familiar with the story. Today might be the first day you hear it, but either way, you can already see from like even this slide right here that Martha can get a bad rep from her you know, part in the story. It seems like the Lord is coming down on her. He's condemning her, Martha. She seems to be the planner of the family. She's practical. She's the planner. Where are my planners at? Come on. Some of you aren't holding your hands up. You don't know what I'm going to say about you. Where are the planners? Yeah. You and I couldn't be any more unalike, different, whatever, however you say it. I'm tired. Listen, 
You guys, you guys are the people who know what you're making for dinner three months from now. You guys have your family cruise for Disney planned for 2027. You guys have your calendar booked. You know what other people's business is. You know, like, your house is in order, your garage, everything is in perfect place. All the placemats are out. You guys even know how to make your bed. I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know what that means. We couldn't be any more different. We wouldn't get anywhere without Martha's. We need you. You guys are practical. You help make the world go round. However, we wouldn't have any fun without the Marys. Now, where are my Marys? Come on. Yeah. Loud and proud. That's us. We're the Marys. We're spontaneous. We're fun. We like to do things on a whim. We just make decisions and just do it without thinking. We're working hard or we're hardly working. We're like just doing whatever we want whenever we want to. We like to have a good time. I am not a planner. I am not a practical person. I'm a dreamer. Uh, my garage would show you. My desk would show you. My brain would show you. There's a lot of disorganization, a lot of organized chaos that's going on there. I'm a Mary. But here's the thing, though. We love to put the sisters against each other. We love to look at one or the other because that's kind of like what we do. We see siblings and we're like, oh, you're not like your siblings. My parents would tell me that a lot. I'm like, well, yeah, because I have five older sisters. Of course I'm not like them. I'm your first boy. Like, I'm an experiment in this whole thing we call our family. We couldn't be any more different. But we can learn from both. If we're Mary, the Marthas, they need to relax, like chill. Chill, let go, breathe a little bit. Come on, relax, follow our way. We're, we're real, real easy. But then the Marthas, the Marthas are like, yo, Marys, you guys gotta pick it up, get it together, get your act together. Come on, show up, step up, get things going. We can learn from both. I heard that. The Lord heard that. That's what's most important. I think we can learn from both, the Marys and the Marthas. The analytical and the creative, the one who wants to always have fun and the one who always wants to be serious. Oftentimes, though, especially in the student world, I see people who only spend time with people who are just like them. And it's not just in the student world. I'm not coming down on students. Adults do this too. We just hang out with people who are just like us, who eat like us, who eat what we eat, who dress how we dress and wear what we wear and watch the shows that we watch and do what we do and listen to the music that we listen to. And they act like us and they talk like us. And then we wonder why we are not growing. I wrote this down. Maybe you surround yourself with people who don't challenge you, but instead make you comfortable. And as we head into a new school year, students, young adults, Maybe we need to start making better friends. And maybe you're like not going into a school year. You're like, I'm out of that season of life. Well, maybe we need to surround ourselves with better coworkers, better peers, better people who are going to challenge us instead of just leaving us comfortable. Listen, we surround ourselves with people. We put ourselves in places and people don't encourage us. People don't challenge us. People don't say, hey, you shouldn't do that. Hey, you don't respect you know, yourself. You don't, they don't care. They don't care who you date. They don't care how you treat yourself or your friends or your family or your neighbors or yourself. Like, they're not concerned about any of those things or your reputation. 
But we can learn from both sisters. We can learn from both sets of people, the people who grew up in church and the people who didn't, the people who are like us and the people who aren't. Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet and Martha is serving, sitting, serving. Both are important, but only one was important in that moment. So how can we learn from both sisters? We are in for a real treat because at most services, we have three points. But today, I've just got two points for you. So we're gonna get out of here real quick. All right, point number one, the importance of serving. Verse 40, it's not on the screen, but listen. It says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, <laughs> Uh, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Listen, this is Martha's home. She invited Jesus to her house. That means that she's gonna like take it up a notch. It's not just inviting your Uncle Ed over and you're just like, he doesn't care. We can just leave it how it is. No, this is the guest of guests and the Lord of Lords. Like, Jesus is in her house, so she's gonna put out the nice plates, and she's gonna like dust the blinds that we never dust, and she's gonna make the bed and close the doors that he's not supposed to be allowed into, and she's gonna make sure that everything is spick and span and perfect and done exactly right. Catch this, Martha is doing nothing wrong. She's serving Jesus. Martha is serving Jesus, and at motion, on motion nights, we meet every second Wednesday of the month at motion night. We're always trying to tell students that we exist to help students put their faith into motion. That's exactly what Martha's doing. Martha's like, I have my faith. I'm putting it into motion. I'm gonna serve God. Did you know that we're supposed to serve? We're actually called to serve God. Not just on Sundays or at our small group or at any other thing that you're involved in. Not when it's just easy, not when it's just convenient, but we're called to serve God, God's people, God's house, our enemies, our friends, people like us, people not like us, one another. But here's the problem. More people are consumed by trying to be served than wanting to serve, to be helped rather than to help. And I just see this all the time. And some of us, we wanna look like Jesus instead of being like Jesus. People want the title of a Christian but don't want to be Christ-like. We want God's call but we don't wanna do God's work. We are called to serve. Jesus is very clear about that and we cannot put that aside. We can't just be like, I'll take all these things but the serving part. Check this out. In a separate section of scripture in, in the, the Gospel of Mark, chapter nine, it's a totally different story. It says this, after they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? Out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. <laughs> it's so amazing. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, listen up, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. So you can just imagine the scenario. Jesus is walking on the road. 
You gotta give Jesus like just like just a huge round of applause because behind him he's just got like a bunch of morons just talking <laughs> and just arguing about. Well, I'm I'm Jesus's favorite. No, did you see what I did? Well, he loves me the most. No, Peter, that's not true. I did. That. And Jesus is like, Lord, help me. Ah, uh, me, help me. What am I doing? What are you guys doing? So he leaves it and goes and sits down with them and is like, Hey, listen, you guys have it all. You have it all backwards. And Jesus does what only Jesus can do. And he says, Hey, you want to be great? Serve somebody else. Do something, serve someone, be the servant of everyone else. And the same thing that he said to his disciples then is what he says to us, his disciples now. Listen, yeah, we should wanna be great. We should wanna have influence and use our influential power to bring light into darkness, but we shouldn't take the serving aspect out of that at all. You wanna be great? Then serve, Jesus says. You know, Jesus served. You're like, yeah, I kind of get that. Look at this right here, Matthew. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. I, I wrote this down. It might step on some toes, but I'm still gonna say it. Here we go. If serving is beneath you, then leading is above you. Listen, and don't miss this. Culture is about me, but Christians are about we. You wanna stand out? Listen, at Motion Conference, we talked about being countercultural. We talked about going against the, the flow of everyone else and being different. You want to be different? Then serve someone. Because I promise you, no one else is doing that. Absolutely no one is doing that. But we as the church have a real opportunity to step up and take our place and serve those around us and make a real difference and show everyone around us that like we're here. Like, we're in this. Have you been so consumed with serving yourself that you've forgotten to serve others? Listen, at our church, here at the chapel, we believe so much in serving that we dedicate a whole day of it out of the year to serving others. We call it, real clever, serve day. And this past, like, two weeks ago, week ago, I think, we had serve day and our church, both locations, got together, went to Scott's Edition, gathered, I think, over a thousand pounds of trash and cleaned up that community and made a huge difference. And it was actually something that the community was doing. And then we were like, hey, we'll partner with, like, we'll partner with this. We'll do this whole thing and we'll like gather it because they couldn't find people. And then we said, hold, hold on one second. We'll make a call. We'll get some people together. Bam, we showed up and did some serious serious work in our community. You need to be serving on a weekend. Not just being a consumer of church, but also a producer of church. You need to be serving on a weekend. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be on some sort of team, leading some sort of small group, doing some sort of thing, putting your, hey, listen, young adults, students got this down. It's time for the rest of us. Put our faith into motion. At Scott's Edition, even at the jail, if there's a position you can hold or some sort of leadership opportunity you have to step up and lead the rest of your friends and people you're with, like, you can serve. There's something we can do. Martha was serving. She was doing the right thing, but it was in the wrong order. Mary sat. Point number two, the necessity of sitting. says this in Luke 10, 39. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And the Bible actually doesn't tell us what they were talking about. 
The Bible doesn't tell us what Jesus was saying. We, it's left up to our imagination. He could have been telling her a lesson. He could have been saying, guess what we did yesterday? You'll never believe it. This is crazy, Mary. He could, they could have been talking about a number of things. We'll never know. We can ask when we get there. But Mary had no agenda. Mary had no motive. She was just sitting. No time limit at the feet of Jesus. Question for you, chapel. When was the last time you sat still? Yesterday at Motion Conference, I asked students that same question, and they're all like, right now, I'm doing it now. I'm sitting still. I was like, that's rhetorical. I don't mean here. I don't mean this. I mean like in your life, in your schedule, in your pre-existing routine. When was the last time you just sat still and existed? And we're just present with the Lord. As Americans, we are the fastest paced people group on the planet. Like right now more so than any other time. It's actually like anti-American to be still. Our culture is just go, go, go. On to the next thing. Students and young adults are busier than ever before. Our schedules are loaded with things to do, places to go, stuff to see. A few years back, um, I started this practice uh, I learned about in college um, called silence and sol solitude. Getting quiet and getting away. And when you do that, it feels weird at first. And you sit down and you're talking to the Lord and you're like, okay, I'm doing it. Uh, so God, do I go first or do you say something here? Like, how does this work? And you don't even like say anything. You just sit. You just get out of the way. <laughs> and you just see what God does. And when you do that, and the more often that you do it, the more you begin to actually crave moments like that. What felt weird at first actually starts to begin to feel so normal and feel so commonplace. And you're like, I love this feeling. It's here that God reveals your struggles, your weaknesses, your things to work on. When was the last time you even did that? It, it's so awkward for us to do that. Our culture screams, but God whispers. Hey, our culture is screaming at us of what we should do and what we should value and what actually matters, but God whispers. And sometimes the voices, the things we're involved in, the distractions are so loud that we can't hear through the noise. And it takes time to get away and sit and be quiet and be still and just listen and allow the Lord to speak because when we're that quiet and when it's that still and, you, and you're in that kind of a moment, you can feel the Lord's presence in a way that you, you, it's hard to get in other ways. And you hear that still small voice, that whisper, and you can hear it so clearly because it cuts through the noise because there is none. Mary took the posture of a learner. She sat at Jesus' feet. She, she sat down in a low place. And this is something that Jewish people back in those days, they would sit down on the ground and, and take the posture of a learner. 
they would listen to their rabbis and they would just say, hey, everything else that's going on in my life, everything else that I could be distracted by, everything else that I'm dealing with, everything else that's going on around me, it can wait. I'm here for this right now. I'm here to listen to you right now. I'm here to give you my full attention, my whole self. Speak to me. I'm here to listen. That's what Mary was doing. She, she said everything else, it, it matters, but not right now. This is the only thing that matters. And she just sat there and listened to Jesus as he spoke to her. And we'll never know what they were talking about, but you gotta know that it must have been really tender, really sweet, really exciting. She was captivated. The house is burning down for all we know. Martha's running around. She's got a turkey burning in the oven. She's got stuff going on. You hear the pots and pans clanging through the door. Jesus is like, you all right in there? She's like, I'm good. And you just hear all the clanging and the stuff like in the, show, in the TV shows. That's going on all around her. But Mary says, no, I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna stay. She knew she didn't have all the answers. She knew she didn't have it all figured out. But she says, Jesus, would you teach me? Hey, Jesus, I'm showing up for you right now. I'm here for you. And we're so consumed and we're so concerned with figuring our lives out and being self-sufficient we think we've got it all figured out. We think we have our whole futures mapped out, planned out, figured out. We have our agenda, our routine. We are so good at that. But the truth is, we don't have any of that figured out. It's in the Lord's hands. It's in the Lord's control. And we, we just hold on to it so tightly. We have no idea. And what it, would it look like for us to just stop, sit down, Say, Lord, I don't have it all figured out. Hey, would you teach me? Would you speak to me in a moment like this? Take the posture of a learner. It's important to understand that we get caught up in trying to do things for God, but we need to understand this. If we want to be different from culture, then we need to have a different pace from culture. We gotta slow down. We gotta change things up because right now we're running at the pace of culture and we don't look any different. So the world's looking at Christians. The world's looking at God's church. <laughs> and we look just like everyone else. But if we slowed down, because everyone else is as busy as we are and we're as busy as everyone else is. But if we slowed down, people will notice. What? How do you have time to take time for the Lord? What does it... How are you so at peace? Everything around us is, is on fire right now. Oh, I just sit at the feet of Jesus every day and I let him lead. I'm not even moving out of the pilot's chair to the co-pilot's chair. I'm a passenger. I'm actually luggage in the bottom of this plane. That's how uninvolved I am in this flight pattern. Like I'm letting the Lord fly this ship and take care of it and take me where he wants me to go and do what he wants to do with me. I wrote this down. If we try to do for God without being with God, we'll try to be God. There are so many people doing this, trying to control their days, their outcomes, and this was the problem with Mary. She was so consumed by all that she was doing. Serving God, check. House looks good, double check. I'm working overtime on this thing. My life looks good, check. Check. Check, I'm doing it all. I'm getting it all done. Check, check. Lord's impressed with me. Check. She was getting worn out 
tired, frustrated, and annoyed. Check this out. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, just imagine it. She storms in. Oh, like the turkey's on fire. She's like, I've had enough. Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. She'll listen to you if you do. Clearly, she's paying so much attention to you. If you tell her to help me, I could have another set of hands and we could get this whole party going. Imagine how weird that would have been for Mary just sitting. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> uh, am I doing something wrong here? Or like, can't you just take care of it yourself? Like, her motive was revealed. She was trying to do the right thing for Jesus, to be the right position for Jesus. There are many Marthas in this room this afternoon. You've tried to do all the right things. You've read your Bible. Check. Hey, you've read your Bible twice. Check, check. You've completed a version plan. Check, you're serving on a team. Check, you went to serve day. Check, you helped out at VBS. Check, you give generously. Check, you give faithfully. Check, you serve in Chapel Kids. You're on the motion team. Check, check. You donated to the next campaign. Check. You invited a friend to church. Check, doing, doing, doing. And you're so busy doing things for God, to be in right standing with God, that you've missed the point entirely and you don't even know it. You're already in right standing with God. You're already declared righteous. You're already in right standing with God. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do things for God to win the approval of God or to get in right standing with God. Before Jesus even started his ministry in Matthew 3, he's about to be baptized, and he's in the water. And God the Father comes from heaven, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You are his daughter, you are his son, and with you he is well pleased. Jesus' reply to Martha is the same that he would give to any of us. She's so frustrated, she's so annoyed, she's so mad, and it looks like Jesus is mad. Martha, Martha. That's how I, that's how I read that. I'm like, oh, Jesus is ticked. <laughs> like, the line has been crossed. He's real mad. No. The thing is, Jesus is establishing a covenant with Martha. He, he's saying her name twice. One, so that she's paying attention, and two, to establish a bond and an intimacy with her. He did the same thing with Moses from the burning bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses said. He did the same thing with Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. He's getting her attention. He's loving, he's compassionate. He understood her frustration and annoyance and his same tone then is the same tone now. Daughter, daughter, son, son, KJ, KJ, your name, your name. You're upset with many things. You're distracted by many things and Mary chose this one thing. It's, a, it's not a story of right versus wrong or right thing versus wrong thing. This is a story about doing the right thing in the wrong order. Martha was doing the right thing. She was serving God, but at the wrong time. 
Mary chose the right thing at the right time. Mary knew that in order to do the right thing for God, she first had to be with God. You can write this down. It says, we cannot do before we be. We cannot do what he has called us to do before we first sit and just be with him. One thing. Mary has chosen this one thing. Psalm 27 was written by David, and many scholars believe that he was writing it from inside of a cave. He's being hunted, persecuted, pursued by King Saul and his army of henchmen, people trying to take him down, kill him, remove him from the earth. And so he's hiding in a cave, and he's probably writing this with like a torch or a campfire. We don't know, but he's writing this psalm, and he says this, Psalm 27, 4, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Listen, he could have said, the one thing I ask of the Lord is food because I'm in a cave and my DoorDash driver got lost and I'm not getting good reception in here and I can't get my food. He could have asked, for shelter, God, I'm in a cave. I wish I wasn't. I wish I knew someone. I wish there was someone around who could take me into their house or hide me under their bed or put me in their closet or give me a disguise and be in a town and live my normal life again. Could you just like make that happen, God? Could you actually, the one thing I ask is protection. Could you protect me? Could you just make all of this go away? Just make my enemies fall, get lost, get distracted, like, Forget this whole plot to kill me and end my life. Could you just make it go away? David knew, David knew that life has ups and downs, good days, bad days. Things are gonna go great and things are gonna go tough. Things are gonna be amazing and then they're gonna go backwards. He, he knew that. And so he didn't ask for any of those things because he knew what the one thing that he needed to ask for. He knew what mattered most. Have you forgotten about the one thing? The one thing that is most important is to be with God. David knew that. David recognized that while his whole life was on the verge of, it could end at any moment. He knew all these things could happen. That's life. So the one thing that is, should be a constant and the one thing that needs to remain always is that God is on my side that I'm with him and I know that he's with me. We can do everything but the one thing God's asked us to do. We can do all the things except for the one thing. We can do everything under the sun and still miss the one thing. This is my final point. Um, Martha invited, you saw at the very start of the story, Martha invited her, or invited Jesus to her house. Martha invited Jesus into her home. She was the one who said, hey, you know what? Jesus is our friend, Mary, we should have Jesus over. Sure, send him an Evite, and he came over. So we can see that in that moment, we can invite Jesus into our struggle, but not invite him into our heart. Jesus came into her house, almost as close as they could be, and Martha's still missing it. She didn't invite him into whatever was going on in her heart, and it showed. You guys, Chapel, Scott's Edition, 
Chesterfield County Jail. We can invite Jesus to be with us. We can, we can go to church. We can go to small group. We can do all the things. But man, if we, if we miss this, then like that changes everything. If we haven't invited him here to fix this problem or fix this struggle, then we're missing it. This weekend, we had motion conference, and the whole point of motion conference, that every single motion is helping students put their faith into motion, to move from point A to point B, to say, hey, Jesus, don't just come into my home, but come into my heart. And that happened. We had 490 people at motion conference, and out of that, about I don't even know. When we gave them an opportunity to respond and receive Christ for the first time, hands were all over this room. Ask anyone sitting right here. They saw it. They were here. They know. I'm telling the truth. A countless number of hands received Christ. And hey, over 19 students decided to place their faith in Christ and get baptized this weekend, today. Come on. They said, hey, you're not just going to come into my house. You're going to come into my heart. It's going to change my whole life. I'm going to take my faith public. I'm going to put my faith into motion, and I'm going to step out, and I'm going to make this thing real, and I'm going to let everyone around me know that Jesus has changed my life, and I'm learning to sit still, and I'm learning to sit at his feet, and I'm learning to be present with him, and I'm learning to spend time with him, and I've realized that the most important thing is to be with God. Chapel, today, right now, we've had it all morning. We've got it at Scott's. We've got it at 430-day baptisms all morning long. We've never done it before, just students. So I'm going to ask that you guys, baptism services are a huge deal around here. And I want all of heaven to hear the roar coming from this room. When you see students getting baptized over there, let them know that you see them, that you're proud of them, that you stand behind them, that you encourage them, and that you're proud to be at a church that believes in their generation and you expect big things from them. And it starts right now. I'm going to show you a video of our ex entire experience from Motion Conference, and then we're going to close our service with baptism. You guys ready? Come on. Let's celebrate all that God's doing.